Before we start today's episode, there's something important for agencies seeking a reliable way to attract new business, especially during busy periods. I want to introduce you to Leaflow Sprint. It's an eight-week program that simplifies your marketing and consistently attracts the attention of potential clients without requiring a massive marketing budget or external sales teams. With my 17 years of experience in aiding agencies to gain visibility in new clients, this program offers a practical and effective approach to lead generation. Forget about unpredictable leads and embrace a method that works across different agency sizes. And if you're keen to learn more, you need to visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. This is just to say that this is part two of uh, a, a podcast episode that was divided into two, so it didn't become, become too overwhelming. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to part one. If you haven't already, you'll find it earlier in the podcast queue. Thanks for listening. There are basically two solutions. You either have to get rid of the clients um, and downsize, or you've got to go and find some other clients. You've got to grow the business so that 50% becomes 25%. Um, and that's great. Landing your biggest new clients is a really exciting thing, but don't let it um, take your eye off that new business ball where if you're going to land something that's going to take up that proportion of studio time, actually, you've got to go and find some additional client work um, to, to counterbalance that. Anyway. I can definitely speak to that. I mean, I, I deal um, almost exclusively with new business and, and marketing. And um, the most common thing I hear is, well, clients most commonly come to me when they've got three months of cash flow left, <laughs> which I would argue is not the best time to stop addressing new business. But uh, they all say, you know, wish we'd done this, which we implemented these things a year ago it'd have been a very different business I'd have had very different health the past year you know knowing what was coming up and uh you know and and, and being afraid of that so yeah just don't put it off just start addressing it definitely yeah. and um I, th- I think it helps people understand what normal looks like um so I'd actually say that three months cash flow is pretty good <laughs> if you yeah. can see cash in the bank for three months um you're probably doing quite well the um, challenge is in um, being able to spot these things changing. Um, and you do that through having you know, good, good processes, good professional business processes. Um, and I think, um, I think one of the things about design businesses is that to start with, we set our businesses up because we, we want to leave the world in a better place than we found it in the morning we got up. And so our motivation is, is to do great work, work with great clients. But there comes a point, I think, in any business where actually it also needs to afford someone a quality of life. It's a, it's a business. And where we might have been driven by passion to start with, it's not to say that passion goes, but actually you want to be able to sleep well at night. And knowing that it's going to cover the mortgages of um, the owners and, and the, the people who work there and... Um, you know, there is a way of running an agency, uh, which means you can sleep well at night. Uh, those dynamics that happen, um, that, that kind of sideswipe you will happen. You know, it's inevitable. Something will happen at some point. Um, and I think that's where being really tuned into the design community is really important because that's when you get to call out to people and say, 
this has just happened. I need some help. Um, and we all need help. Um, you know, I think it's one of the um, uh, toughest things, isn't it? When we're all driven to be independent, um, the idea of being interdependent is anathema to us. But in fact, everyone, there, there are people out there who are willing to kind of hold out their hands and help you. Um, so if you're sitting in a business today and you're kind of like rabbit in headlights, don't know what to do, just had a really tough 18 months. Do you know what? I don't know if I've got the energy for the next 18 months. Pick up the phone. Um, if you don't phone us, phone someone who you know and trust. But, um, and of course, calls to DBA are, are totally confidential. So, um, yeah. Adam will love me. Phone Adam. <laughs> Poor Adam. <laughs> yeah, he'll sort you out. <laughs> and then he'll probably beat me up. But um, <laughs> it, the, I promise you, there is nothing we haven't seen. Yeah. yeah. And we've seen the brilliant and we've seen the disastrous. Um, and we can help with the disasters. Uh, do not close yourself off uh, to help, even if you're facing a, a, an imminent disaster. Get in touch. Um, and uh, and we'll do the best we can to help you. Amazing. That's such an amazing resource for people to know exists as well. And, um, you know, I've come into contact with the DBA a lot over the years, unfortunately not had, you know, been in a situation where I've needed to kind of appeal to that Samaritans aspect of the DBA's function. But it's, uh, yeah, it's really impressive to know that he's truly here for the industry and, um yeah, supporting that interconnectedness and and promoting empathy between businesses to share on their knowledge. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, I just to kind of round off, I just wondered what um, what are you excited about within the DBA over the next few years? What initiatives have you got coming up that you're particularly uh, attuned to? Um, you know, it's a hard one to answer because um, I've been in this job, um, I think, eighteen years. I'm really bad at maths. And I think the thing that excites me is the thing that has always excited me, which is that the design industry is never the same from one year to the next. Um, if my job had been the same from one year to the next, I wouldn't be in it today. I, I'm, I'm, I've got a high threshold. For, for, I get bored very quickly. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, but when you're constantly, when you're working in a sector that constantly changes and evolves, it's a really exciting and a dynamic place to be. Um, so the, the the changes that we see, it's, almost, it's, it's it can be hard to predict sometimes. Um, if we look at last year, um, the obvious one was we weren't going to be coming together um, physically anytime soon. Um, and the team knew that if we were going to continue to develop the professional capabilities of the people within the sector, we had to find another way of, of, of dropping the training into the laps of um, of DBA members because it all used to be in person. It was all physical. Yeah, events were um, such a huge part of what the DBA it is. contributed it's, to. If we're community. trying to promulgate community, you have to do that um, through meeting people. Um, and so it's big. It's been a challenge for us to look at how do we um, encourage uh, community, particularly at a time um, like we've had in the last eighteen months. And so there are. We upped the level of communication coming out into the industry. So we started doing it weekly. That then moved to fortnightly. Um, we were really conscious that while we have a membership who pays for the DBA and enables us to do what we do, we do have a responsibility to the industry at large. And so being able to signpost everyone to key information 
at the right time was critical. Um, and I suppose if I'm allowed an advert, if you've benefited from that in the last year and you now want to join the DBA because that enables us to carry on doing what we're doing, great. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have you on board. So communications was up. We were trying to fast track people to the information that mattered. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll get you out of the, the murky water into the, the, the crystal clear water. Um, and, and then we were pulling together uh, members in uh, conversations, in webinars and, and, and so on. So trying to enable people to not feel isolated. Um, and in fact, the member catch-ups that we do every fortnight are, are still carrying on. We probably won't drop those. They've been a fantastic source of insight for us as to what's really going on. They're Chatham House, so people can bring whatever they want to the table in those. And it's been um, an opportunity to keep an element of the serendipity um, in our conversations, in our meetings that we've all missed because as members have spoken about the different things that they've been involved in, so it's developed a conversation between two different businesses. Um, we had one person who just seemed to know the answer to every technical problem <laughs> ever. Um, and so he was getting a barrage of phone calls from members <laughs> who were trying to solve things around team working. So the headset I have on today is because I phoned him up and said, what's the best <laughs> headset? Because <laughs> I knew he'd have the answer, um, which, and it saved me an hour, a couple of yeah. hours research, yeah. um, uh, but it all helped. Well, I was saying what you're looking forward oh, yeah, to well, in the future years. It's hard but... to say. So I think the context, I think, you know, in all seriousness, the context that we're operating in has so changed over the last 18 months. It's hard to know. <laughs> it's hard to know. I'm excited about the potential. Yeah. Um, and I think when you get a dynamic change in the business context, it's actually where designers start to flourish. Um, there's a there's something in us that says that actually the bigger the challenge, the more excited I get about the potential for the solution. Um, so I think there's an opportunity for design to embed itself in business in a way that it it, it has in some places, but it could in all places. And I allude back to the point that I made earlier that um, if you look at the responsibility that design leaders in industry have got now, so the design leaders in the brands, um, they're starting to realise that um, if you're the if you're the conductor of the design orchestra within your your business, um, and you've got designers working in packaging, in branding, um, in internal comms, so they might be working with the HR department. There'll be designers working on new product developments. There'll be uh, designers potentially in other countries working on the manifestation of the brand into other countries. So th this, this conductor of, of, of design um, sitting in industry really needs to have their wits about them. And I think there's an opportunity here for um, those design leaders and, and the agencies that service these businesses to actually start to direct all of their energy into doing a great job for business. Um, so, um, because the challenges, sorry, I hit my microphone there. The challenges um, that business face now are really complex. Um, and um, that uh, creative mindset that allows you to see the world differently um, and then to encapsulate that in a product or service that helps solve that problem is going to be really important to business. Um, More crucial and, than ever. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, and those conductors are the people who need to make the case for design within their businesses. So that's a, a, a new thing for the DBA, relatively new. We're working with uh, the conductors, if I can put it that way, of design in, in business um, but and trying to enable them to be able to do their jobs well. Um, Which roles are those just out of interest? Are we talking procurement or kind of design leads within? So we have or... design leads in brands as members of the DBA. So Diageo, right. Lord's Banking Group, um, I'm terrible with the list, Charlotte. Like, uh, the, but I'm hearing people yeah. that I see on the judging panel of the D, of the Design Fitness Awards. So that's yes. an easy reference so point for people them, to go check out. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think there's an opportunity. I, I, I think there's an opportunity for the industry here to, um, and it's something the DBA wants to address, is, is we don't want just to enable people to be effective um, in what they do, um, as in, do great work and, and effective design. We want them to be able to lead design as well. So there are these two sides now to what we're, we're looking at. And I think most people would agree that the DBA is probably the world authority on effectiveness. But how we create the ability of design leaders to lead brilliantly is really important. Um, it's important to them, to their businesses, and it's important to agencies. Um, because if there's a better awareness of how to use design and how to, and when to bring design in, um, then that works for, for our agency members as well. Oh, so absolutely. Getting things right both sides of the fence um, yeah. is a key priority, and that excites me. That I'm thinking to, to, yeah, sorry, I'm interrupting. I'm yeah. thinking of two things that uh, immediately, like, the two gripes that I hear is uh, people not understanding the role of design and, you know, clients not getting it. That's one gripe I hear. And then the other one is design never getting a big enough slice of the, the marketing budget in terms of the wider marketing mix. And what you're saying solves the, both of those issues <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Design for me, this is slightly controversial, is bigger than marketing. Um, so it's just that uh, you have a swathe of the industry that answers to the marketing arm of business Yes. Um, at the moment. Um, there is an element of design that sits over and above that. Um, and um, the, it, the, I think when, as designers, when we understand you know, our position in um, the, the, the business context within which we're operating, um, there's always a danger, isn't there, that we think that we're the people that are servicing that client. Actually, there are probably 10 or 12 of you. And if you really start to unpick um, the situation in larger businesses, you, you may find 20 to 40 agencies working for a global brand across all of the different touch points. Um, there's an opportunity um, for design leaders to get that to work more effectively for the businesses that they're in. Um, and to the outside world, that might feel like a threat because it's going to look like consolidation. Um, but I think, as you said earlier on, there is a, this, there's a lot of work out there for people. Um, and um, when you look at um, the opportunity that there is to really embed design um, into businesses in a way that it can't be got rid of um, uh, in the future, um, and I've seen design teams within organizations come and go, um, then um, that's when you start to see businesses whose products and services are, are properly differentiated in the marketplace. Um, and I think those are the brands, those are the businesses that people want to work for. Um, and for that to happen, you need design leaders who are as good at what they do as the best agencies are at what they do. 
because it takes two. Um, it's, it's, we're back to the design effectiveness awards, aren't we? We've got a trophy that is purposely two halves uh, because we know that for any agency to be able to, to practice um, their design capabilities to, to the maximum, the business context has got to be right. And, and someone has to create the context. Um, and I know that that context creating piece can be twice as hard. It, it can take someone years to get to the point where they pull the agency in. Um, and so what that what means is that when they get there, you want the agency to be able to perform at the top of their game. So that's part of the DBA's job is to make sure that agencies are performing at the top of their game all of the time. And then to create that environment in which design leaders are able to 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 enable design to flourish, because you can't do that as an agency from the outside in. The only person who can enable design to flourish in a business is, is the person commissioning it. So, so how do we get them to enable the, the, the designers to unleash the full potential? Of, of You're saying that I'm thinking, first of all, I've held so many of those design effectiveness awards and I hadn't realized the significance of it dividing into two parts. So I'm glad you clarified that. But then also, um, you know, recalling earlier part of the conversation, we talked about, you know, don't put off the strategic part of your own agency plan and understanding where you're going and, um, you know, niching down all the other aspects that it's easy the really ugly house jobs that you don't enjoy doing in terms of your own strategy. I think that makes you a better agency because if you've been through that, you understand how much work has gone into the client brief that you're presented with at the start of a project. You've got a much better appreciation of, like you said, that, you know, it's actually sometimes a harder job to have done that upfront work um, before you commission an agency and, and give them a concise brief. Um, and I truly think that it gives you a much better appreciation, which sets a foundation for a much better relationship with the client if, if you've been through that yourself. Um, so Deborah, just to round off, who should get in contact? Because this has been such a long conversation where people listening don't know is that we actually had a nice long chat before we, <laughs> before we actually hit record. And I know Deborah's got to crack on with some work. So um, who should get in contact with you and when, Deborah? Um, so I think in relation to the Design Community Hub, we need people to exercise that generosity of spirit um, in two ways. One, uh, I want your money and I need some of your time. Um, so I need people to dig deep, to look at, um, quite often the stories are in our own backgrounds, aren't they? The way we got into the industry was probably because uh, we got a helping hand from someone. Um, I trained as a designer, I mean, uh, you know, the world's a better place with none of my stuff being in it. I trained as an industrial, <laughs> an industrial designer. I was never going to be a very good one, but you can see the design bug got me. Yeah. And uh, but I can point to people who were the linchpins in the decision making that I made up until that point. And, and I can point to the people who, you know, encouraged me to apply for the, the, this role at the DBA. Um, we all need that level of intervention. And when you're at the start of your career, it's really hard. You just don't know people. And if you start to look at the issues around diversity and inclusion in our industry, there are, a, you know, there are most of people who should be coming into our sector who don't know people because they don't look like us. We don't look like them. And uh, this idea of offering a helping hand is really important. So um, I need you to offer help um, as an agency leader. Um, and um, have a think about uh, how much time you could commit to something like this or whether there's someone on your team 
who from a personal point of view would really flourish within your organization because they're the, the, the contact for the design community hub um, and a little bit of money. Um, we don't need an awful lot to get this going and keep it going. Um, and uh, so make that financial contribution. Now, if the question was directed at the DBA, when do people call the DBA or what should they call the DBA about? I mean, there's been a host of things that we've covered off um, yep. in this conversation. Um, Put Adam's with direct the... dial number on the, <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> Let's start with the urgent. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you feel that you have hit a brick wall, and we know this happens, so, you know, the scenario I could paint at the moment is that, you know, you're 50 something, you've just gone through um, the pandemic, you've come out the other side, things aren't quite in the shape that they were uh, when you walked into this, you've probably done two recessions already, and there's just something in you that says, do you know, I don't know if I've got the energy to fight again, pick up the phone. So you are not alone in this. There are a whole bunch of people who are probably feeling exactly the same thing. Um, and uh, let's sort that out. Because what I do know is that to be successful in our sector, you need to have the energy and the drive um, and the purpose and, and all of those things in place um, to keep you going. Um, so that's the urgent one. Uh, I think you mentioned there were business startups um, or younger businesses uh, that listen to your podcast. Um, there are going to be nitty gritty things that, that crop up. We can fast track you to the answer. Um, so pick up the phone. Please don't waste time on stuff that, you know, could be resolved within a week and, and enable you to crack on and focus on client work. And, and don't overestimate or don't underestimate actually the importance of getting all of that business stuff sorted out. Um, I promise you when you do, um, it's, uh, it's a weight off your shoulders. Uh, and it may be that um, you can't solve some of these problems. Um, so there are a whole host of experts uh, like you, Charlotte. We've got an experts register at the DBA. There are people out there who are experts in all sorts of areas that can help support uh, business owners. And I've seen some of the most successful 10 and 15 man bands um, develop off the back of getting the expertise in early. You can't afford an FD at that point. Funny enough, you can afford one a day a week. Um, and those people exist. Um, so if there are bits of what you do that you really hate and you want some, some help on it, um, then call out for that. Bad news is you can't ever get rid of the business development hat um, because it's your business. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> that determines uh, everything about the organization and where you're going and what you'll be doing. Um, so realization that that is always going to be part of your responsibility. Yes, you can get help on it, um, but actually running a design business isn't just about great creative. You're, you're in charge of determining where this, this organization goes, this business goes, um, and we can help with those conversations. So, yeah. Okay, All brilliant. The <laughs> yeah, and I'm, for everybody who's listening, I'm going to put the um, various links and contact details, <laughs> not Adam's direct dial, I promise. I will put them in the um, in the show notes here. So please scroll down um, in whatever podcast provider you're listening to so you can link through to those. And then just finally, the question I ask everybody before I round off, Deborah, what is your favourite business book or resource? Because controversially, I was called out on the term book. <laughs> Although maybe you have a book. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a book. I hate business books. Uh, so yeah. I, there are two things I do. I read the FT every day. 
Um, I won't go into the detail of why. It's a, a, something I recommend to everybody. Um, it is reasonably objective in its views. Um, it gives you a broad view on a number of subjects um, and um, uh, opens your eyes, uh, quite frankly, in uh, ways that you wouldn't have thought possible. Um, it's also, it's, it's probably the best business read. You will read about something happening in business six months before it, it hits mainline press. So um, if you're working with brands, the sort of brands that would appear in the FT, and most brands do these days, you need to be reading that. Um, my business book, um, and I'm going to call it a business book, is um, a book called Rewild Yourself by a guy called Simon Barnes. Um, and it caught me on the, um, that the, the title wasn't the thing that caught me, but it was this next description that got me, 23 spellbinding ways to make nature more visible. You can imagine that um, during the pandemic, we've all been sort of hankering after the outdoors and, and, and getting out. Well, um, I'm slightly lazy. Um, I haven't been getting indoors that much. <laughs> I've been traveling there in my mind reading this book. <laughs> and I would argue that every designer should read this book. So I'm just going to say it's again, it's called Rewild Yourself by Simon Barnes. And um, there are analogies in here for the way in which he looks at things that are perfect analogies for design. So I'm not going to say why, but I think we're the bats um, of this world. There's a great chapter on bats. Um, I was reading a section this morning about listening to birdsong um, and how really listening to it um, can bring delight. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into any more detail. I, I'm a Yorkshire girl, so I appreciate all the, everything. Yeah, I've read <laughs> yeah. chunks of this to our members, actually, in the catch-ups. And I think it's probably one where I've had the most emails from people saying, that's oh, beautiful. Can you email me the name of that book? Um, so re read this. It's great. Um, it's about seeing things, which is actually what designers are great at. They see yeah. things other people don't. Absolutely. Well, I will include that in the show notes as well for everybody who Brilliant. is trying to scribble that down quickly as Deborah was mentioning it. Deborah, thank you so much for your time today. You've been so generous with it and um, and your thoughts on a whole variety of subjects. And I think we'll, we can do this podcast credit by dividing it down into two halves. So if you're listening to this, you might be at the latter end of two, <laughs> two halves just so you've had the opportunity to absorb it fully. Um, thank you so much. And I uh, really hope you have the opportunity to speak again in the future. Absolute pleasure. And um, I, th I get the sense we could have gone on for hours. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so we'll speak again, no doubt. Charlotte, thank, thank you. you. Just before we wrap up, I want to touch on a crucial opportunity for your agency's growth. As a creative agency, your primary focus should be on delivering exceptional work, not getting bogged down in sales and marketing. And that's where Leadflow Sprint comes in. It's an eight-week program designed to streamline your lead generation process bringing in a steady flow of potential clients to you. No more struggling with the ups and downs of trying to gain the attention of new business. Our program includes hands-on support, including direct input on your copywriting, ensuring a bespoke approach to your lead generation needs. No more feeling stuck in the feast or famine cycle. Our real-time support, including direct feedback on tasks like copywriting, helps you to bid farewell to inconsistently and embrace a lead generation system that's tailored to your unique needs. Visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra.